Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com/acast code acast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dear viewer, if you are indeed uh, consuming this via your eyeballs on the uh, YouTube channel, make sure the phone's on silent. As we've done that before, uh, we need to get a, a fine jar, you know, uh, very much like the swear box of your youth. Uh, phones going off, upsetting recording devices, and just just generally getting in the way of the flow of conversation. Yeah, you know? Anyway, episode seventy-two of the Scott Gibson Show. I am Scott Gibson. Who else would I be? Huh? Um, I hope you're safe and well. As always, we um I don't know if we're at a year. I don't know if we're at a year in lockdown. I cannot remember the uh the date that we went in. Uh currently recording this on the the eighth um of March two thousand and twenty one for reference to those uh, who are listening in the future. Isn't, I mean, isn't that the the cool thing about technology, you know, as long as my Uh, if I have it written in the will that the family has to continue to pay the uh, SoundCloud and Acast bill, then these these episodes will be uh, available forever. You know, will they stand the test of time? Who knows? Things have a things have a way of moving in waves. Uh, uh, art very much like fashion. You know, um, one man's uh, bell bottom shoe, a uh, trouser even a shoe. Come on, Gibble. As uh, another man's uh, platform boot, you get my drift. What I'm saying, I mean, there was a time when people would uh, crowd round uh, a transistor radio and listen to uh, their favourite show. You know, uh, whether that may be uh, you know the the laughter, the 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 sketch comedy of the Goonies, or the uh, you know the the racial slurs of, uh, of of Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party. Although I don't know. I don't know if anybody in the UK was getting the uh, real broadcast. I tell you what, man, it was a bad bastard, Adolf. But fuck me, could they? Good stage technique, man. Hey, Mike, you know I'd never many mics. Just anyway. So episode seventy-two. Um, I was I was trying desperately to bring uh, a message of joy and hope for this episode, but you know why break? Why break from the norm? Um. And there's there's really fuck all to uh, <laughs> there's really fuck all to be happy about, you know. There, there there was a part of me thinking we are now on the uh, on the on the route map on the road map to recovery, 
recovery in the sense of uh, freedom. The door to the coop uh, will be left ajar and during the, the midnight hours of uh, June 21st, uh, the uh, the keepers of our, of, our, of our doom will turn their back very much like a scene from Chicken Run. Uh, I don't like gravy and we will be, you know, we'll, we'll blast forth from the coop of COVID. I don't know why I'm using a chicken coop here, but we, uh, you know, we'll be we'll be free to stretch our wings and once again feel the 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 cold sunlight upon our pale skin as uh, as we devour alcohol and crowded bars once again. Now there's there's going to be here's the thing as well. You everybody who you have not spoken to during lockdown, you're going there's going to be a a period of of real admin for a lot of you. You know, I'm I'm 36 now. In the summer I'll be 37. That's how that's how age and time works. Um, it's very linear in that way. But many of you um are on the wrong side of age, if that makes sense. Ah, yes, I'm 36, but I feel 46. Not in a not in a physical way. Physically, I feel 66, but. In a mental way, I do believe I was born in the wrong time. Uh, I believe I was born a decade late. I do believe that. And I'm at the point in my life now where, you know, I have, you know, a very small, a very small group of people who I genuinely care about, you know? I don't mean, like, Facebook friends where if something comes up in the timeline, I'll wish them a happy birthday. I mean, a very small group of genuine friends who if something was to happen to them, I would be heartbroken. And if they ever needed me, I would be there. Um, but many of you are still at that age where, you know, you've got a hundred pals or so you think, you know? Many of you will have uh, done the, 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 the indeed um, idiotic job of getting engaged during lockdown. I mean, you're absolutely fool for fuck's sake. And you'll now be in a position where you're planning a, a wedding for when it is uh, when it's freedom. Uh, many of you will have postponed the wedding. Some of you may have been sitting going, we're going to have to thin the wedding list down to a nice, neat 200. I would say to you, if you are able to invite 200 people to a wedding, and that is not a Catholic wedding, then you need to fucking get a grip of yourself, man. Because the problem's going to be, as I said, once lockdown's over, these people who you class as friends, who class you as a friend, even though they're really just an acquaintance, you know? You're going to have to start putting in the groundwork again. Many of you are going to have weeks, months, probably the rest of this calendar year, rebuilding those relationships that you didn't even need. Whereas the rest of us, the old, the older, the older statesmen amongst us, the older community, you know, the better old people, I'll just be quite happy sitting back with our three pals, <laughs> not giving up. Not giving a Donald Duck. It's going. To, I don't. I don't think we've really thought about the, the stress that the this freedom is going to bring. You know, we're we're only just getting used to now, completely living our lives online. Am I going to have to get back to carrying money again? Physical hard currency. I've enjoyed the last couple of months dodging the beggars of Edinburgh streets. You know, I've I've got to admire. You've got to admire the tenacity. Of the uh, of the current beggar, who continues during a time of COVID, national lockdown, continues to ask for change in the street. You go admire that. You're probably looking at what ninety percent of your of your normal uh, change giving public completely decimated because of COVID. You know they're not carrying cash, they're not carrying coins. You know I, I can't I couldn't tell you the last time. I paid hard currency for some cash. Cash is king, so they say. Not anymore. Not anymore. That is the digital era, uh, which would bring me nicely on to, to this NFT. We're going to speak about that in a minute because I need to build up to that because there's too much anger involved. We can't uh, unleash that level of anger and rant right at the start of the podcast. No, no, no. We've got, we've got to ease in slowly, you know? If you take somebody hostage, for example, and you're trying to get information out of them, you don't just go straight in and cut their hands and feet off. You build up to it. You know, a couple of hours, you, you work the body, you maybe get some bruising, you take a, maybe a finger off, you know, you cut a stab wounds, and then you go for the big attack 
at the end when you've got what you need. So we'll save the uh, cryptocurrency NFT chat till later on the show. But how have you been? Um, I'm recording this episode on a Monday because uh, normally behind the fourth wall, I know you enjoy this kind of stuff, normally I record the hashtag show. Uh, on a Monday, Maloka Lee and I, Cheeky Mal, uh, everyone's Cheeky Uncle, uh, we record the hashtag show every Monday morning at 11am in brackets-ish. Because depending on when he gets to his bed, it could be anything from 11 till about 12.30 in the afternoon. But we record every Monday, and uh, today, this Monday, unable to record. Um, luckily, he's claimed he's, he's, he's been called away on, on business at short notice. But I think that he's been uh, he's been doing three tunes, partying at the lodge. Um, I should mention, over the weekend... Uh, now, let me just, let me just say this, uh, first of all. Let me just say this as a, as a disclaimer. I am not uh I am a football fan in the sense that I enjoy football. I gave up on Scottish football a long time ago. A long time ago. And I, I don't have really any concern whatsoever. I, I'm actually in a, in quite a nice place now when it comes to Scottish football. That I generally couldn't care less about anyone or anything. Couldn't care. I'll, uh, I'm a fair weather fan in the sense of I'll, I'll watch the old firm games and that's probably about it, you know. If the old firm's playing in Europe, I'll watch the old firm. I had quite, I had quite an odd upbringing when I was young with football as well because my 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 father, my father, my my papa, uh, Celtic fan, but raised with my grandpa who was a Rangers fan. Uh, so I I, I always kind of had that kind of banter, I suppose. I've never really had, like, I've never been in a big football family. Um, so I've never had, like, I never grew up with that kind of sectarian element. Now, a lot of friends, uh, big football fans, in no way uh, involve themselves in it. I imagine most people in Scotland, I imagine most of you listening to this, are probably, uh, you know, a, a part-time sectarian. Four times a year um, during the old farm games, you may say, sing a song that's probably would get you cancelled. Or say some things that you maybe regret later on, but you know it's 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 not come from a place of anger or ma or 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 hurt or pain or malice, right? I'm doing a very bad job at covering this here, but what I'm trying to say is I don't care. I don't care. I enjoy noising people up more than anything else, and I find there are no two group of people easier to noise up than Rangers or Celtic supporters. It's genuinely. Two of the easiest group of people to take the piss out of on the planet. So, sometimes you might need to work away at someone. You know, really kind of find what it is that makes them tick so that you can get some kind of reaction from them. Rangers and Celtic, boom, first bite, they're in. You've caught a fucking 60 pounder. He's every time they take the bait. Every time. Um... So, over the weekend, Celtic drew with Dundee United, for those of you who, who don't know or don't care, um, which meant the Rangers won the league without kicking a ball. Um, important because first time they won the league in 10 years since the whole uh, relegation. Uh, I mean, can you even call it relegation? Because they weren't relegated, they were uh, demoted. Uh, because old Crazy Legs was putting money offshore, you know? And uh, it's uh, it's easy uh, for the world football to make an example of a Scottish team rather than uh, go after one of the big guns, and that's all I'll say about that. But Rangers were demoted to the uh, League Three, third division, third division, second division, League Two. <laughs> There's four leagues in Scotland, um, but the bottom tier is called League Two. Is it? Where's my phone? Who knows? It is. That shows you how much I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, it's leaked too, isn't it? Oh, this is so embarrassing, man. I'm keeping this in. I'm keeping this in. It's all content. Scottish Football Leagues. Uh, Scottish Football League tables. Here we go. Right, uh, you've got... Uh, what is that? Oh, right. Scottish Football League. Scottish Football League. League One. How many Scottish football leagues are there? Uh, 50 different... Let's get on here. 50 different leagues. What are you talking about? Championship. League... Uh, league One. And uh, League Two. I think... Fuck knows. Right? Premiership League. 
Championship, League One, League Two. Who gives a fuck? It's farmers, man. It's just farmers in a field playing at that point. So, Rangers popped into the uh, the bottom rung of the ladder and uh, worked their way back up, you know, and uh, won, the, won the league of the weekend through kicking the ball. And uh, obviously what happened was uh, fucking euphoria. The, the, the gates of government were open and uh, floods of uh, Rangers fans took to the streets all across the country. There was images um, from George Square. You may have seen them. Uh, you may have seen the images from Dean Miles Way during Ayrshire. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, Lark Hall were partying like it was 1999. Who cares if the Y2K bug will wipe out their dodgy skyboxes? The people of Lark Hall were partying that night. They were up polishing the bunting. <laughs> Obviously, there's now been a backlash. Because we're still in lockdown. This is the thing. People, it's amazing that people still don't understand this. Do you know what? I think we. I think the only way to get the message through to people this last stretch from now until the summer, when hopefully we come out of lockdown. Because I tell you what, see if we get back in again, somebody's gonna get fucking done in. We need to turn the the UK into like Gilead, right? See, again, 60, 65 deaths today. Uh, but, again, the media spins it as two days in a row they've had under 100 deaths. They need to start hanging the dead for lampposts. It's when they start then. So people still get the message. Because a lot of people think, we're on the home stretch, fuck it, you know? Even, 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 uh, we Margaret, the parental unit, my mother... Messing the missus going, do you just want to come over? And going, it's, it's level four, Margaret, we're in lockdown. So, huge uproar because of the number of people uh, on the streets. Uh, zero arrests, uh, apparently, by the police. Uh, no fixed penalty fines handed out either, which is shocking. Cutler Bams having a house party, hunting empty, but fucking 200 million people in the street, not a single fine handed out, you know? It must be good if you're a mason, man. Get your way out of fucking fixed pen. I'm fine. Uh, Scotland's deputy first minister has accused Rangers of a lack of leadership after fans gathered in Glasgow uh, for title celebrations. Now, let's cast our mind back to when uh, Liverpool won the league. Not the same thing, not the same country, not the same team. But the, the amount of people who were gathered outside uh, Anfield, probably similar to that, of uh, of Glasgow, especially at Ibrox. Um, and there was obviously condemnation, as there should rightly be. But can that, can that blame lie with the club? That's the question I'm asking. Because sometimes it feels as if with these kind of things, like the public disorder and the public disability, like a lot of it, I find that the police try and pass the blame to someone else. Now, I went to uh, a Black Lives Matter rally in Edinburgh in the summer um, when they had the first rally here in Edinburgh at the uh, at the palace, at the bottom of the parliament building. And um, I was not, deliberately not in the, in the mix. I was uh, at the back. I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be there on the day. Um, it was relatively well organised in the sense that it was very time constrained. It lasted, I believe, 90 minutes and then everyone was dispersed. But there was a massive police presence there that day. And if you imagine, uh, if you can imagine a picture of like a, a, like a circle, so everyone's kind of spaced out and right in the very centre was the kind of speaker's point, if you like, where they had some uh, speakers set up and, and audio system and they had guests on to, to, to give different talks and whatnot. And as you got further and further into the centre, the, the amount of people condensed and the, and the way you were packed in condensed as well. Now, the police presence on that day was huge. And again, from... My understanding: no fixed fines. There was no arrest. There was no, there was no reason for arrest. There was no, there was no issues. There was no problems. And I'm not in any way comparing the two. I am just saying that sometimes I think it's convenient that the police want to put efforts onto the clubs themselves. 
should Rangers have done more on the day? I don't know. Could they have done more? I don't know. Um, possibly if someone at the club, I imagine there would have been chat on some kind of fan forums or groups to say that people were going to gather on the day of the game at Ibrook. So the club probably should have been more alert to that or maybe passed the information on to the police. But then maybe the police already knew. But then what you got to do? Because nobody's got the fucking balls. How many times does I need to say this on this goddamn podcast? The only way to solve these things is what? Say it with me now. Extreme violence. That's it. Extreme violence. See if there's a fucking mass gathering of tens of thousands of people during a global fucking pandemic where people are still dying every fucking day. Get on the police horse and fucking ride through the clouds. The crowds. The crowds. Start setting our flares. Start fucking dragging folk into the back of your van. And soon people will scarper. Sometimes it feels as if when there's these gatherings that the authorities are happy for them to happen because it gives them, it almost gives them a, a, a road out of blame themselves. Now, again, I am not condoning in any way the volume of people who gathered um, or who, who walked or marched or met in George Square. It's fucking ridiculous. I find, I find it funny as well when they ask, you know, footballers these questions about, like, what do you think is right? I mean, as if they're going to fucking give you a balanced answer, for God's sake. I mean, even even when people are asking members of uh, the coaching staff, and like, they've had 10 years of this building up, going, get a fucking grip, man. Get a fucking grip. Uh, this article from uh, BBC News, uh, John Swinney said the scenes were an absolute disgrace uh, and undermined recent progress against the virus. Uh, Rangers said its fans had been urged to follow lockdown guidelines. Uh, during the daily coronavirus briefing, Mr Swinney said Rangers had been reminded of the need for fans to adhere to the restrictions by the Scottish Government and Police Scotland. During meetings on 26th of February and 5th of March, it is a matter of profound regret that that did not happen. Scottish government will be making uh, extreme disappointment at the lack. Of, Scottish government will be making an extreme disappointment at the lack of leadership clear to the team management. What's what, what? I mean, what's what is that? What, listen, this is the Scottish government, and we're really not happy with all the people standing outside those gates. We're really not happy, so we just want you to know that, right? And what? Well, well, nothing but you know, we're, we're really not happy. Fuck up, Swinney. Day something. Then. I mean, how many times have we seen this? Since lockdown has started, how many times have we seen news stories of bams having fucking parties or people going down to a beach or folk having fucking gender reveal parties in a, in a field somewhere or premiership footballers having parties or celebs having parties? Fucking day something. Stick a cunt in the van, bolt gun the fucker, break their legs. Day something. Send a message. You're telling me that People who gathered outside Ibrox or who gathered at George Square or who marched through the streets of Mirren, none of them are known to the fucking police. Yet you're telling me that everybody in that crowd, there's not one person that is known to the police. Just go in the door, put their fucking door in at four in the morning, drag them out of their bed and park them in a van. Otherwise, what is the point, man? Well, the Scottish government are really no happy. Gives a fuck. <laughs> oh, imagine pissing the Scottish government off. Jesus Christ. Oh, no, sleep. Uh, Mr. Swinney said the title win was a special moment for the club. John Swinney's a Rangers fan. Um, but that uh, that was shameful to see so many people deliberately flouting the rules. Events like yesterday risk spreading the virus and they showed no regard or respect for the millions of households across Scotland who have stuck to the rules. Oh, John Swinney, eh? You wee Rangers man in disguise. Unbelievable. I'm just looking at some of the pictures here, and it's, uh, it's fucking madness. It is absolute madness. But what did they think was going to happen, man? I mean, really, what did they think was going to happen? I want to know where they're getting flares from. Where are you getting flares? I don't even know where to buy a flare to sell them on Amazon. I imagine they must. Is it like a kind of Rangers away day pack you can get on Amazon? 
like a fucking Union Jack hat and flag and six red, white and blue flares. <laughs> oh, you'll be wanting the monarchy package, will you, sir? Going to a Rangers game, are we? <laughs> Take when they put it in their cards like suggestions, a red hand of Ulster foam cutout. <laughs> Amazon thinks you may like the red hand of Ulster package. Rangers away day. Six red, white and blue flares and a foam hand. Fucking hell. I mean, f- football is probably the only thing that's got a lot of people through lockdown. You know, I can remember how ecstatic I was when the football came back. Um, So it's it's no surprising, it's no surprise at all that the amount of people turned out uh, when Rangers won the league. Not surprising at all. And if you were shocked by it, you're a fucking idiot, man. Because we knew it was going to happen. And it would have, the exact same thing would have happened if Celtic had a won 10 in a row and the exact same thing would be going. Scottish government going, we're not happy with that. And there were people on Twitter and online saying horrific things about Celtic just as they are about Rangers. Because here is the here is the thing to take away from it. And probably the thing that I have, that I needed, right? I needed, when Rangers won the league, I went on and I saw the Rangers official tweet. And I read about six or seven replies to it on the Twitter account. And that, just cemented why I have really not bothered with Scottish football anymore. Because even in the 10 years that it talks about since Rangers have, have gone down, n- literally nothing has changed. If anything, the game's got a little bit shitter. But nothing else has changed. And I don't think it ever will. I don't think it ever will change. But that's probably what makes the Scottish game unique. That's why fucking Sky pay the money to get the 4 old fun games. You know? It's an odd thing, Scottish football. And that the, the the one well one of the main things that probably brings it down is one of the things that makes it marketable to a TV company. Sad man, sad. Hopefully that um you know nothing does happen from it in the sense that no one no one becomes ill or no one catches the virus or no one is infected by it. Because I don't imagine any of the bastards are on the track and trace scheme. Am I right? Eh? More likely they're on a fucking electronic tag, but I don't tell you that gets COVID. But uh, fair play to them. And, uh, you know, for all uh, for all the uh, listeners who are Celtic fans, uh, unlucky. You know? But, uh, hey. Just, who cares, man? Who cares? On the grand scale of things, who cares? Just if you are going to celebrate, uh, date in your house. You know? Stick your stick your fucking foam hand on and get a couple of flares and get into your garden, and uh, and then sit back and and see which of your neighbours are mentalists as they throw a deck chair through your back window. <laughs> oh God Almighty! Let me say very quickly, I I watched something last night, which um. I was always planning to watch, and shout out to Big Andy Ward, uh, a rascal, hero, legend. Um, I um, coming to America too. Where Murphy? Now I saw it on Amazon, and I remember watching something. I don't know if it was uh, comedians and cars getting coffee, uh, or if it was something else. But in fact, do you know what it was? I think it was a like they did some kind of interview after it. Um, when Eddie Murphy and Seinfeld were being interviewed and were talking about different things and Eddie Murphy mentioned in that or he mentioned in oh god excuse me he mentioned in something that I saw that he was um, finishing off coming to America too or or would just about film it right and, and I remember being excited then thinking that'll be great and I, I, I never watched the trailer I just saw the, the, the images on Amazon and uh, I was excited, man. We were going to sit down last night, Sunday night, and watch it uh, after our dinner. And uh, Andy Ward put up a thing saying, you know, biggest lot of nonsense ever, don't do it to yourself. And uh, I still watched it because I had to see it, right? And I'm going to be c- completely honest with you. If it wasn't for the fact that it's Eddie Murphy, I don't think I would have given it the respect because without question, 
within five minutes I would have turned it off. It's one of those films that are on Amazon or on Netflix that when I watch it, I think I am glad I never paid to see that in the cinema because if I'd paid to see it in the cinema, I would have been fucking raging. Uh, I think the last film was that was The Man for Your Uncle. In fact, I went, I went to see that film in Aberdeen with another comedian and he got up and walked out. And I was like, I'm staying at the end of this because there's nothing else to do in Aberdeen other than sit in the hotel. <laughs> I remember him going, I'm I'm going back to the hotel. And I was like, right. And then he's looking at me like, are you coming? I went, no, because there's fuck, there's fuck all day. I'd rather sit and watch the rest of this shite for an hour than go back to the fucking hotel. Um, That was just like a Campari advert for fucking an hour and a half. It was horrendous. But anyway, so coming to America too. Genuinely one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's, it's awful. It's terrible. It's truly, truly terrible. Um, and it's really sad. It's actually quite sad to watch because coming to America, the first one, I thought was brilliant. I really did. I thought it was a great film. In fact, I would go back and watch it again. Um, and I think that's a testament of a, of a good comedy. Would you go back and watch it again? Could you go back and watch it again? Because there are some things that I struggle to re-watch. I struggle to re-watch them because parts of it maybe just aren't that good or there's maybe such a huge ending or such a twist in the story that because I know it's coming, it's just ruined the first part of it for me. There's a lot of films like that. But Coming to America is one of those old comedies that's just brilliant. Now, again, proving that, and you look at Coming to America too, if you made a lot of the old films now, they would just never get made. I cannot tell you the last time I saw a really good comedy movie. It might even have been Anchorman. Or Step Brothers. I cannot remember the last time I watched a really good comedy and thought, fucking hell, that was funny. In fact, the last thing that I watched that I thought was a really good comedy was The Death of Stalin. And that's probably not even classed as a comedy. Uh, but Coming to America too was, was garbage. It felt almost like it was a Disney film. At the start, it was. It felt like it was trying to take the piss. I, I don't know if they all just got together on set and got really high or really drunk and then just done this for a laugh. I don't know what happened, but Wesley Snipes' character is... I mean, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he was thought he was auditioning for Drag Race. I don't know what was... It's the campus dictator I've ever seen. It was just really, really strange, man. Really, really strange. And it could have been great. It could have been great. Now, my question is, is that what happens when you become so rich and famous? Is it is that what happens when you become comfortable? Because I imagine that being comfortable for any creative person is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. Not being happy because you can be happy and be creative. You can be happy and be original. You can be happy and make great work. But if you are comfortable... What, what what pushes you? What 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 burns the fire? What makes you want to do more? What makes you want to do better? I don't know. Is is sadly Eddie Murphy at the point in his life and his career now where he literally needs nothing. He he wants for nothing. He is at such a level of fame in America and across the world that he feels he has nothing to prove and that fire doesn't burn anymore. So he can churn out and let's be honest dog shit like coming to america too but still be eddie murphy so it makes no impact on him other members of the cast the wee guy who plays the the son i, I sorry i don't know his name um i imagine he'll be slated i, I mean I, I would never if i ever saw him pop up in something again i'd never watch it even tracy morgan tracy morgan in it is fucking garbage but he's still tracy morgan so is there a point of celebrity that you can ascend where no shit will stick to you you know is, is there a point that you go past where you have a you've amassed enough work previously that even if everything you do from this point on is utter shit you'll still be regarded as a great i don't know but it, it was just upsetting it was uh it was good to see him in arsenio hall i think arsenio hall is a great comic i think he's a very good actor as well there was there was one there was one point in it and I can't even remember the line now, but there was one line in it 
where I, I remember telling the missus and I went, that's funny. But I think it was, I was about an hour. Sorry team, um, I don't know what happened there. I, I just had a wee error message when I was recording. There was a there was an overload in the system. An overload in the system, would you believe? that The rant levels are, are through the roof today that we've, we've circuited the system. So I apologise. I was I was talking about Eddie Murphy and uh, Coming to America too, and I was saying I was about an hour into the show, uh, into the movie, and there was a there was a line in it, and I remember turning to the message and saying that was a that was a good line, like that was a very funny line because I think I I hadn't laughed at all up until that point. You know, I think the first five minutes I was just so much, I was so excited that I was watching it, and I was just so looking forward to what would come up, and then when it starts, it, it feels as if you're watching like The Lion King. It feels like you're watching The Lion King on a West End production. There's just all this dancing and singing, and it's just... Again, it's trying to recreate elements of the first film, but in modern cinema. The reason why those old films worked as well as it did is because it was such a grand production. The reason why um, Coming to America, the first one, was such a big thing was because it had that huge set and had all the dancers coming in. Things like... Um, Oh my god. Oh my god, what is a film? Blazing Saddles. Where they ride through the, the set, they crash through the set, and they've got like fucking 200 people dancing coming up and down the stairs. The reason why that is so good is because it's such a grand production. So when they scale all that down to modern day filming and modern day techniques, it just it just looks it looks awful. The jokes in it were weak. It was like PG thirteen stuff. The uh, the the storyline was poor. It was it was just sad. It was really sad because I had such high hopes for it. And here's the thing: I'm going to tell you to watch it. I'm going to tell you to watch it. And you should watch it. You should watch it just so that you know yourself and you can make up your own mind. The uh, the guys in the barber shop. The old guys in the barber shop. That would have been a great storyline to explore. That would have been a great couple of characters to pick up and do their own thing with. But in the, in the end, they do this kind of weird... That's what it feels like a lot of kind of big films are nowadays, where they they don't want to... They don't want to push anything too far, they don't want to offend anyone, and they don't want to upset everyone. They want everything to sit at like PG-13 or a 12 so that they can appeal to everyone and in the end please no one I mean that would be my review they've tried to appeal to everybody and in the end they've pleased no one coming to America too what a bag of dog shit but I'm still going to tell you to watch it I'm still going to tell you to watch it because you need to see how bad it is for yourself because I might be I might be in the wrong but you need to see how bad it is for yourself and then judge for yourself uh, what you think but Eddie Murphy I expect better I would. I cannot wait for him to come back to stand up but now I'm nervous after seeing that now I'm nervous because I'm thinking how much is he involved in that is he writing jokes for that film or is he just the name and uh, the money the production company because if Eddie Murphy is writing jokes for that film I am concerned what his stand up will be like and if that is the type of comedy movie comedy movie that's been put out by Eddie Murphy you've got to question whether or not he's still got that fire to do live stand-up you know it, most you'll have heard comedians talk about it in the past and I'm sure I've spoken about it saying it's, it's a muscle I am slightly worried about you know going back out and touring again just because it's been so long but I know when I'm back on stage for the first time you know that first show might be a bit of a push for me the audience won't know and by the second show, we will be back to normal again. I know that. I've we've upped the podcast. And I'm doing three podcasts a week. Uh, you know, we do the quiz once a week. There, there's still time when I'm talking. You know, I've still got that. I'm still sharp. The only thing I'm, I'm I want to work back up again is the audience interaction. But I'm confident that'll come quickly. But it's a muscle, and you've got to work it. And I would love to see Eddie Murphy back on stage. I would love to see him doing a, a comedy tour again, another comedy special. But does he have the fire? You know, does he have the desire for it to be good? I don't know. I don't know how it would be what because I just don't want it to be shit. I said I don't I don't want him to fail. 
That's that's the thing. I don't I don't want it to be shit. I want it to be good. So who knows, man? Who knows? But come into America too. Get it watched and let me know what you think. Right, a few things that I saw. Um this this is, I'd actually saw this news article before and I thought what what first of all, what is the point in this? And second of all, as just as we start to work towards ending lockdown and getting back to some kind of normality, there are things cropping up all the time that almost want us to be that almost want us to be back in this life that this existence that we're living at the moment so not interacting with people um being restricted in our houses not mixing it, it almost feels as if do you, know, do you know what it feels like it feels as if this has been an experiment to see if society could actually cope with living under these restrictions could you actually cope with very little human interaction on a daily basis so you have the you have that idea of freedom in the sense of you can walk around a park you could walk to a cafe but your physical interaction with other humans is completely curtailed and could people live like that and could society continue to grow and i think that they've proven that it can and that's probably been interesting for a lot of people in the powers that be because things like uh, fully automated cities will now become a thing, a thing of not in our lifetime. And you might think to yourself, well, is that going to be robots buzzing about the street? No, it's going to be things like you go into a shop and there's no humans in there. Things like the Amazon stores that are already been trialled across America and I believe there's one in London. That will become a common thing very, very quickly. You will go into a supermarket, you will go into something like a Tesco Express, you will go into a warehouse, a B&Q, uh, a Curry's, and there will be no human interaction whatsoever. There will obviously need to be employees because they still have to have, you know, someone physically watching the store or controlling the electronic side of it or bringing stock in and out. But you'll have no physical interaction. You will do... You're shopping, you'll pick things up, there'll be no need to speak to anyone, no need to speak to a cashier, there'll be an information point there. And and I, and I think that in the old world, before COVID, that might have been quite an interesting prospect, an interesting idea, quite exciting, dare I say exotic, where you might think, I can just put stuff in my basket and it scans and it comes right off my Amazon. Now that's a, that's quite a worrying thing that, you, that we are going to, the reality is we're going to move towards that where there is no interaction. How, how, how does that... I don't think we understand how that impacts us. And I don't want to go back to the earlier points in the show and, and rehash stuff, but it's going to be interesting to see how we adapt to being back out and mixing again, how we adapt to having that pressure of come out for a pint, come out for a drink, come out for your dinner because we can again and there'll be some of us who are you know slightly anxious on that. So, so the thing I saw was apparently they're building a they're building a space hotel, right? Which, believe it or not, uh, will begin construction within the next couple of years, and they hope to have it operational by twenty twenty seven, which blows my fucking mind. I I guarantee you, right? And if there's anybody listening who enjoys this podcast, make a note of this one, episode seventy two. I guarantee you, there are people in a fucking space hotel long before they have finished the tram extensions in Edinburgh. Long before. 2027 when I read it, I couldn't believe it. And then I thought, where's the fucking point? Why would you want to go to a space hotel? Can't you go anywhere? On space? Where are you going to go? Uh, here, mate, is there a banana boat up here? No, you're dick, you're in space. <laughs> the whole point of a holiday, a holiday, going abroad, Right? Learning about cultures, uh, going for a wee walk, exploring, getting lost, trying new food, new cuisine, meeting new people, you know, having a bit of banter, having a haggle, depending where you go. Excursions, man, it's a big part of the holiday. I, I, I have never been 
one of these people. It's caused great arguments in the past. I think if you go on holiday to sit at a pool, you may as well date in the house. It's a waste of a holiday. I don't get these people who, who want to go abroad just to sit on a sun lounger at the side of it. Oh, why do you sit by a pool for two weeks? Fuck off then. Run a bath. Sit with your leg in a bath and a three-bar fire in the toilet. You're in holiday. Who cares? You need to go and explore. Excursions are the part of it. Learning about the place you're in. Just, just taking it in. You know? Being, being a tourist, man. It's great. But you got to do in a space hotel. Stare at the windy. Right, there's space. <laughs> I'm going to go to the other side of the hotel and see what that's like. Uh, it's, it's just like the space. It's a black man. This is just another. This is just another thing for rich people. The the the, the gap between the haves and have-nots has has was obviously increasing anyway, but is now dramatic during COVID. During during this last year, the people in lockdown, the the people who had wealth now have astronomical wealth, and they're now having to think up ways in which they can get money off these fuckers. And a space hotel is one of them. You know, there, there, there must come a point when you have so much money, nothing excites you anymore. You know, you've been to every corner of the fucking globe, you've eaten every meat there is to eat, you've shot and hunted endangered species, you've killed a person, you've killed a human man. You know, you went on some fucking sex fuck island and you killed a local, you ate him and you buried the remains, you've done everything, right? You've bought and sold shit. You've had fancy cars, hussies, watches, everything. You've done everything there is to do. Nothing excites you anymore. What am I going to do with my money, man? You could get to charity. You could, you know, do a not-profit. You could help people out. Eh, fuck, am I going to do that for me? I want to go to space. Somebody build a space hotel. See, if they build a space hotel, they should open it up to every billionaire in the planet, right? And then they should take them up there and give them like the greatest dinner. Have like fucking Gordon Ramsay or some fucking cook up a baby or something for them to eat, right? Something exciting. And then fucking blow up. <laughs> fucking blow up, man. Take the money off them. Um, I know this ball space is set to open in 2027. This uh, article is from the good people at Unilad. In the name of God, we're really scraping the barrel for articles here. The hotel named Voyager Class Space Station. Now, let's just let's just stop let's put a pin in that for a second. Is this how unimaginative people have become? We've got we've got people here building a fucking space hotel for God's sake, right? They're not building a go kart, right? They're not building a fucking SUV, a people carrier. It's a hotel in space, and they couldn't come up with any other name other than Voyager Class Space Station. Here's here's the first thing in that that meeting that pitch right, what are we calling this fucking thing, uh, Voyager class uh, space station, uh, Mister Gibson. First of all, see any name that's been in Star Trek, Star Wars, fucking Star Defender, Star Quest, you know any of that shit. Forget it. Okay, think up something new. Ah, uh, we thought Voyager was a great name. So did Captain Kirk, dickhead. Voyager class space station will be the world's first space hotel. Imagine they got up there and there was already one. Imagine we're aging. Imagine you, you got up to build the space hotel and there's uh, there's fucking eighteen Chinese space hotels raging. Apparently, uh, be able to accommodate four hundred people. Terrifying, absolutely terrifying. As well as hotel rooms. Uh, well, I mean, I would hope that's the basic hotel. The ambitious hotel, ambitious is an understatement. Uh, will boast its own bars, right? I mean, what, what, they're just listing things for a hotel. Uh, it's own bars, cinema, restaurants, uh, and a spa. Uh, Orbital Assembly Corporation, OAC, uh, the company building the Voyager, what a name, man, said construction will begin in 2025, I doubt it, with the intention of it being operational by 2027. Now, how, I mean, how do you get, how do you get fucking 400 mattresses into space? For a start, for a start. Forget timber, screws, nails. Forget that. How do you get 400 mattresses into fucking space? 
How'd you get your washing done? Where does all the shites go? <laughs> These are questions that need to be answered. Right? Now, again, this is why this is why I'm not in a position where I've got a company that's building space hotels. Because I'd be sitting there going, I don't like Voyager. How'd you get the mattresses up? Where does all the shite go? What if there's uh, there's no wind in space, right? I imagine. I've not been. You know, there's no noise, nobody can hear you scream. So they say, uh, what's that film with fucking George Clooney? Remember, it blows up, Tandra Bullock, the whole, the thing blows up, and it's silent, and you're like, oh, that's really good, man, because there's no noise in space. What if, what if you're sitting in your in your room, you know, you've paid, I mean, I imagine it's top dollar, you've paid fucking £85 a night, uh, bed and breakfast, right? On the Voyager. You and the good lady, or your other half. Uh, sitting on the space mattress going, I wonder how they get the mattress up here. Now, you've had that conversation, right? And uh, you go for a shite. You go for a big space shite because you're on holiday, right? Listen, a lot, we're, all, we're all good people. If you listen to this podcast, you're a good person, a wholesome, good-hearted person. But we all know if you're in a hotel or abroad, for example, especially abroad, but if you're in a hotel... You will try and do the biggest, dirtiest, sweatiest shite you can because it's not your toilet. Alright? You know that, that shite you've been keeping for the last couple of months in there? You know what's in there? You had, a, you had a bad steak pie once. Should have flung out three days ago. You thought, fuck, I'm eating it. And you ate it and it's been it's been living in your guts for five, six months, you know. It's black man tar, you know. That's the shite you unleash on a holiday toilet. Because it's not your toilet. You know? You you go to a country and they'll say things like, please don't flush the toilet paper. You're like, you're a dirty bastards, man. So now you've got a wee bin full of shitey bog roll. But you're going to try your best to block that toilet with the goods that you've got because it's not your toilet and you're on holiday. You're paying for it. So imagine the shit you're going to do in space. You do that shit, you flush your toilet because it's a toilet. And uh, before you know it, you, you and your, your other half are standing, bottle of space champagne, looking out at the stars and a fucking, your big block of shit goes blasting past the windy. Nobody wants that. Huh? I don't know. 400 rooms is a little bit uh, worrying. Uh, the station... Um, Sorry, as per its website, the station is being described as a rotating space station designed to produce varying levels of artificial gravity by increasing or decreasing the rate of rotation. Uh, the station will be designed from the start to accommodate both national space agencies conducting low-gravity research and space tourists who want to experience life on a large space station with the comfort of low gravity and the feel of a nice hotel, it further explains. <laughs> Oh, see the marketing bullshit that people write? They come for the uh, low gravity, but they stay for the nice amenities. I've done, done a shite and it blasts you off into space. <laughs> How do you get the mattresses up here? Uh, the unique accommodation will consist of two uh, concentric structural rings uh, fixed together. There'll be an inner and outer ring. That's what she said. The inner will be a docking hub again. That's what she said. While the outer one will be the backbone of the station and provide mounting for habitable modules. Solar panels, radiators and a rail transport system. Ah, what? Uh, there where, where, and we, uh, Scott, read the words and will be where people will be able to move around the station freely. So you're just going to be able to walk about this. Like it's a house. Like a hotel. This doesn't make sense. I'm guaranteeing you this will never happen. This is a tax write-off, right? Somebody's investing millions in this and a couple of years there's going to be a small country overthrown by money that was meant for the fucking space hotel. Um, there will be pods attached below the outer ring, each uh, each of which will have different purposes. Some may be sold to NASA for research purposes, while others will be used for accommodation, restaurant and bars. Terrifying. According to space.com, that doesn't sound like a real website, the roots of the upcoming project uh, has been in the works for years after John Blinko founded the Gateway Foundation in 2012. The foundation founded the, Q the OAC, who is building the hotel. 
blah, 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 blah. This is likely to be the first commercial space hotel of its kind. Well, there you go. You know? That's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Would I go to a space hotel? Probably not. If someone else was paying, then maybe yes. Then maybe yes. Oh, God. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I I need somebody to go up first and iron out the kinks, you know? Find the, the snag list and then maybe after a couple of rotations, you know, because you don't want to go up there. You don't want to be one of the first people to go and you're in your pod and you push the wrong button and you fucking blast off into space, right? Or you're doing a shite, you press the wrong button and it sucks out your insides and you're just a, a bag of meat lying on the table, deed, you know? Or you go inside the wrong rotating ring and it fucking spins you like 12G and rips your skin off. You don't want that. You know? I want to know how they get the mattresses up there. And if I'm told that, then maybe I'll consider going. Then maybe I'll consider going. Until then, I'm no going. I'm no going! No, that was offered, but... If I was... It's a no from me, unless you tell me how you get the mattresses up there. Because, I mean, they just blast them into space to send a shuttle up. Is there a shuttle going with 400 mattresses? <laughs> Something's not right, man. I don't trust this hotel. I don't trust this hotel at all. But check it out, man. Check it out. Check it out as if it's home. Listen, watch it. Start saving. Put a pound away a week until 2027. And, uh, and then see if you can go to the space hotel. Why not? Why not? Right, I'm just seeing, I'm seeing the time. And um, I want to talk about this NFT, but I'm not going to have time. Uh, so I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to do it on a Patreon episode on Sunday, Sunday service. Um, now, what did I want to talk about? Uh, here it's here. I saw this, I saw this today actually. And uh couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it when I saw it. And I thought to myself, some somebody has no th- thought this through. This this feels like a desperate attempt to claw back some money for a company during uh, which has been obviously a difficult year for a lot of companies. And I imagine there are some people now who are really throwing the dice on ideas to try and claw some money back. And when I saw this, when I saw this initially, I thought, this is great. And then when I let it sink in for about 10 seconds, I thought, oh, no, 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 this is bad. This is bad. Headline is as follows. UK soft play centre launching adult nights with buy one, get one free drinks. That's right. An indoor soft play centre where you would take children, right? So it's got like slides and, you know, it's two levels and they crawl through nets and a soft play centre is introducing adult-only nights with a buy-one-get-one-free drink now promo. Now, when you first hear that, you think, brilliant. You think, great idea, right? I'll get the boys. We'll do stag do's. It'll be fucking great. It's going to be It's going to be carnage. It's going to be carnage. Because, just like children, right? Adults, human grown-ups, will drink too much just like children, children drink too much sugar, get far too excited, and they're sick and they shit themselves in the playpen. Grown-up adults will drink too much, too much alcohol, and they'll be sick and they'll shit themselves. Now, somebody's going to have it where they come through a fucking tube, or they go down a slide into a massive pile of sick, or somebody's done a shite and hid it in the ball pit. We know that's going to happen. We know it's going to happen, right? Or... People start shagging in the ball pit. There's fights, you know. Fucking women kick off. She's asked to take her shoes off because you can't wear high heels on it. She fucking goes mental. They're not even in the place yet. Their hands are fucking raining in. Hen. This has got disaster written all over it. Still, still, I'm still excited by it. Uh, following a year of limited social events, what did I say? What did I say? Desperate to get money back. Uh, it's fair to say uh, that many of us would say yes uh, to just about anything. Well, come on now. Uh, like, for example, Soft Play Centre. Uh, not just uh, Soft Play Centre, but a night specifically for adults to release their inner child. Well, uh, that's a bit much. Uh, Big Fun in Hull. Oh, in the name of God. Do you know, there was part of me kind of hoping it might have been in a kind of respectable part of the country where you might think that Maybe hipsters will go and make it a kind of hipster thing, you know, and it's kind of ironic fun. 
but Hull feels as if it might be set on fire. Uh, Big Fun in Hull is offering just that. Uh, they're, they're taking new bookings for an evening of beers, bants and ball pits. Oh my God, give the PR team the weekend off. Beer, bants and ball pits. <laughs> oh, Beer, bants and buggery. That should have been the title because that's exactly what's going to happen. It's gonna be it's gonna be British Bulldogs, man. It's gonna be grown men rugby tackling each other. The ball, people are gonna be smoking in the ball pit. There'll be men she's on the slides. You know. <laughs> I mean if it was Glasgow, you know there'd be people I cut a drink I'm not gonna do the green slide, man. What the fuck? The event will take place every Friday from eight to ten. In the name of Christ. And the bar is open too with happy hour from 8 until 9pm when all alcoholic drinks are buy one get one free. It just gets better, right? No, it doesn't get better. And do you know what? If you are a bouncer, forget this 1% uh, wage drives for NHS staff. If you're a bouncer in that place on the fucking adult fun night, I hope you, one, have got a stab vest on and are getting paid double time because that you're going to have your work cut out that night. Uh, entry into Big Fun is £7. That's it, £7 to come in and kick fuck out your pals. Mad way on booze. Bookings are being taken uh, from the 18th of May uh, and you can book on their website, which apparently is bigfun.co.uk. Again, I wouldn't be typing that in a Google. Uh, and an update on the website, Boss at Big Fun said, we are now accepting bookings uh, available from 17th of May. Any social distancing requirements in place on your chosen event date will be applicable. Right, come and release your inner child and at at. Why can I not read words anymore? Come and release your inner child at adult night. Adult night is every Friday, eight to ten. Is it just me or does it feel weird calling it adult night? That feels odd. Do you want to come to adult night at the South Place Centre? No, I do not, because that sounds creepy as fuck. Again, desperate. That that's that's a that's a company that's just. You know, people sat at a table and went like, Brian, this is going to be a bad idea. There's going to be fights. There's going to be stabbings. They're taking bookings for the 17th of May. I guarantee you by the 18th of May, it's shut down. Why was the adult night cancelled? Two guys get stabbed and one guy had a softball shoved up his arse. We've had to cancel it. <laughs> Our insurance doesn't cover these guys. Hello, um... Yes, public liability. Uh, am I covered for a grown man uh, having to retrieve uh, a softball from his anus? Or not? Shut it down, Sandra. If any's in or near Hull, then go to uh, go to Big Fun and have have some Big Fun. You know, have it, enjoy it, because you're free. Uh, right, we've no talk about NFTs. We need to talk about that. We're going to do that on a Sunday service because it's carnage. Uh, there was a tip fight. Uh, in Ayrshire, we need to talk about that and uh, uh, a poor uh, man's been arrested in Clydebank with £4 million worth of drugs, we need to talk about that all of which is coming up on this week's Sunday service uh, for the rascals you can only access the Sunday service if you're on Patreon if you are a member of the Patreon you get an extra episode every single week on a Sunday called the Sunday service, so sign up now patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Go to the website, BigScottGibson.com. All the links are there. Sign up, four quid a month. A pound a week, you fucking cheap bastards. Four quid a month. Unbelievable, Jeff. It's 50p a podcast. I mean, news I'm saying that, it's shockingly cheap. 50p a podcast. You're supporting the show. You're supporting the big man. And you're getting... All sorts of goodies inside your eardrums. Do it, man. It makes sense. If you're not a rascal yet, become a rascal. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Right. There's merch in the shop. Uh, T-shirts are in. They're shipping this week. Um, so go and grab yourself a Quarantine Quiz T-shirt. They look chef's kiss banging. Uh, tote bags are available. There's some other bits and pieces on there. Go and check it out. BigScottGibson.com. Quiz on a Wednesday. Podcast on Wednesday. Sunday service on a Sunday. That's it. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe, man. Share it. Smash that share button. And uh, enjoy yourselves. Get the podcast on your socials. Encourage people to listen. 
leave a review, do all that stuff, man. Help do the numbers, blah, 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 blah. That's it. I love you all, every single one of Take care. Uh, stay safe. Look after yourself. Don't be celebrating or commiserating. Just stay in the house. Stay in the house. And uh, we'll all be out of this soon, okay? Hockey. Uh, that's it. So, share it, like it, subscribe it. And uh, I'm trying to think very quick. I'm looking at some notes here. Nothing to mention there. Uh, okay, that's us. Rascals, speak to you on Sunday. Everyone else, I'll see you next Wednesday. That's it. All the best. Take care. Wash your hands and your asshole. And I'll see you in a battlefield soon. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.